Hi, welcome to this Property Live podcast. My name is Mark Winship. I'm a property investor and mentor. And as you know, each week, my friends and I talk to inspirational people about their adventures in property, and we debate the latest hot topics in the world of property. This week, we have something a little bit different for you. We're launching a new series of content on the topic of mindset. In the work that we do, training and mentoring people to invest in property, we've come to realize that success in this field has actually very little to do with the amount of money you have or the time you can dedicate to it and much more to do with your mindset, everything from resilience and focus to managing overwhelm and how to avoid procrastination. As always, we aim to keep it real, covering the highs and lows that we all experience in property. We hope you can relate and that you pick up on some tips that might help you in your own property journey. In this first episode on the subject of mindset, myself, Caroline Claydon and Michelle Wales are talking about dealing with rejection and failure. Rejected offers, down valuations, projects not going to plan, we cover it all. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's jump straight in. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Michelle. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. Good, thanks for joining me. This is something uh, a little bit different for us, isn't it? But um, I know it's an area that we're all really passionate about, um, and that's the topic of mindset. Um, we're really lucky. We, we, we're working with and mentoring hundreds of investors in, in property, um, you know, both in the UK and also some of them overseas. Um, and and I've, I've had the joy, I know, Caroline, you have too, of speaking to so many highly successful individuals on, on the podcast as well. So it's no wonder that we start to try and join the dots, right, and try to understand what it is that makes the difference between someone who's successful in property and somebody who might be struggling. And you might think that that would come down to the amount of money they have access to or the amount of time they've got to dedicate to it. But the reality is we speak to so many people that just isn't the case. You know, they're, they're, they're starting and scaling a property business against all the odds without any time or money. So yeah. it would seem to make sense that your mindset is towards everything that goes into investing in property and the challenges that come along with it has a huge bearing on your success, right? Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something that people underestimate massively. It's just something that's all a bit of mumbo jumbo, personal development, maybe they turn their nose up at it. Mm. Um, but actually, it's it's so vital. I, I remember saying, you know, if you if you look at property like a game, mindset's about eighty percent of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the property bit is about twenty percent of it. Um, but yeah, people underestimate it so much. Um, so I think this is why the series will be really, really helpful for everyone. Yeah. It's like you've got to almost like take all the shackles off as well because it's almost like a conditioning, isn't it? I think for 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 us even being like probably fresher than you guys into it, it's almost like the way we were thinking even just a few years ago, or, you know, it's almost like... Um, Sometimes you can maybe be a bit cynical about mindset and about all these different things. And I think you've got to slowly get to know more people who are kind of doing those, th those things and start to see the proof in it yourself. And then a few years down the line, you're like, how was I even surviving before I started doing all this stuff? Like, and you actually want more people to do it in general for everything. So totally, totally agree. Yeah. yeah. And I think the realisation is that, that, you know, they call them 
mental skills or mindset skills they are skills they're things that you can learn you know and and i you know my background is in is in sports coaching and, and obviously the mindset you know in elite sport plays a huge role you know similar proportions to what you just mentioned caroline you know it's so much a mental game and i think once you realize that these are skills that that they're disciplines they're habits they're, they're things that you can learn you know and, and i think that's where you know i think that's our starting point isn't it it's you know these these are skills that are just as important as learning how to make offers, learning how to negotiate deals, everything else. Because ultimately, they're probably going to dictate whether or not this is a flash in the pan for you yeah. or something that, that has longevity and, and can last. So specifically in this episode, we're talking about how to deal with disappointment and rejection. So how, <laughs> how does that come up in our, our day-to-day lives as property investors? I, I feel... I feel slightly silly asking a question. I'm sat with two highly successful <laughs> property investors. I'm sure it was all plain sailing for you. Um, but 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 how does how does rejection and disappointment where, where does that come up for us as property investors? Well, right at the beginning, right? <laughs> right at the beginning. <laughs> we even start. I mean, look, people deal with rejection and failure or disappointment all throughout their lives. Um if we even put property aside for a second um and you know you're, you're you try and teach children to be resilient and to come back from that and it's how you react to something that hurts you that matters and um in in property when you put an offer out there i think if you can train yourself to expect it to be rejected because if they accept your first offer then you probably offer too yeah. high yeah. <laughs> it's like retraining your brain to think about a rejection in a different way something positive every no that you collect is another step towards a yes um and it, it's just how you frame things in your mind be it offers that are rejected be it that uh, an angel investor who you've been speaking to suddenly says no this this doesn't this doesn't suit me right now or whatever it is these are all just part of the game. And I think if you do, like you say, Mark, about, you know, coaching people at elite sport, if you see life as a game and property is just a game within it, and there's just little rules that you follow, and these rules are going to take you closer to the end goal. And rejection is just part of the game. You know, you can't win every shot in tennis, for example, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to win the match, right? You're going to have to bounce back from it. I think you're so right about reframing it. You know, just just, you know, it's a great place to start totally changing the way that you look at failure, disappointment, rejection, because ultimately it's a sign of being outside your comfort zone. Right. And, yeah. and you're not pushing the boundaries in anything in life or investment. You know, if, if you're not failing, then then you're probably sat squarely within your comfort zone. So in that sense, you know, failing, rejection, disappointment, whatever it might be. Yes, they're part of the course, but you could also argue that it's a sign of growth. It's yeah. a sign that you're, you're, you're pushing yourself and you're pushing your limits and, you know, that that you can reframe it as a positive. Yeah. It's almost like if you actually get to a point where you're not feeling that, you know, rejection or a little bit of pain in some way, you've got to be asking yourself, are you actually doing enough? You know, are you taking the action? Are you doing the steps? Because if you've gone back and you're not feeling any of that stuff, the chances are you've gone back into the comfort zone, you stop making you know, offers, you've stopped doing this or that, you know, so the rejection is gone, but then yeah. so is everything else, you know, that you're trying to work towards. So it's like, you've got to get used to it, you've got to push through it. Yeah. I'm really fascinated about how, behind the psychology of why 
people are so scared of failure or so scared of getting things wrong. And I actually am starting to see it in my wee boys when they go to school. My eldest in particular, he's only eight. He doesn't want to do maths if he doesn't think he's going to be good at it. He doesn't Mm -hmm. want to get things wrong. And is this something that is innate in all of us or is it something that our schooling system has programmed our children that when you get it right, yay, you got it right, that they get so scared of getting it wrong that they just don't want to even do it. And it basically just gets compounded and compounded throughout people's lives to the point where they're like, well, if I don't know if I can definitely do it and definitely get it right and definitely not make a mistake, then I don't want to do it at all. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a mixture though because there must I think there's that you know from back in the like caveman era when there was like a need for you to really have that sense of protection when you were like survival but like now in modern day you basically just apply that to absolutely everything it's like you're no real longer really having to survive in that way but you've also of a sudden created this thing where literally your default is like to protect yourself from anything that might be like a little bit scary a little bit different and it's just We've got to find a way to just turn that around and actually say, well, if I'm doing that, I actually should do more of it because the more I do, I'll start to build my confidence levels in these things. I'll start to get used to all these scenarios and then it won't actually become such an issue anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I know we stress. definitely found that at the start. Yes. And the fear of failure, is, it can be a really strong driving force. Yeah. You know, if, if you channel it in the right way and if you if you frame it in the right way, it can be it can be a really strong force for good. But it's I think it's more a case of looking at the implications of non-action, right? What 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 mm. what happens if I don't do something? So yeah, by taking myself out of my comfort zone, by you know exploring new territory, I, I, I'm gonna need to there's gonna be challenges along the way. I'm gonna face rejection. I'm gonna face disappointment, you know, whether it's an offer that was rejected, whether it's a down valuation on a property, whether it's I've hit a snag with a building job and I've underestimated the refurb or, you know, some some kind of curveball's been thrown at me. You know, if, if we're not prepared to sort of, you know, see those as, as, as hurdles and an opportunity for growth, then we're only going to stay where we are. And that might be comfortable, yeah. but what's the implications of staying where you are, you know, in terms of, you know, if you exactly. don't change, things won't change. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think... It's just like exercising your body. The more you do it, the more lean, the more efficient your muscles are. And and we have to do the same with our brains, with the way that we think about certain scenarios, maybe reprogramming or reframing how we think about a scenario that maybe had negative connotations to us and turning them into more positive connotations will really, really help. Yeah, totally. I think even the simple stuff, like I do remember, you know, even just being in a, a kind of um, network of property investors who are doing similar things, there's so many common little things that you see, you know, especially when you're starting out with things like estate agents or whatever it might be. I mean, I remember going to our first um, viewing and just being totally petrified because it was like, oh, they're going to give me like grief. And they just looked at me like, oh my gosh, not another investor. Like I've had it. And you know, like for some people that might actually force them to be like, oh my God, I never want to do another you know, I never want to do, or like to get straight on their network and be like, this person treat me like this. And I can't believe it. What do I do? And it's like, what you do is you smile and you nod and you do your viewing and then you get into the next one. And I almost made it a point of like the ones that were particularly maybe like, um, you know, would give me a bit of grief at the start. I'd be like, right, they're the ones that I just need to think about a different way to engage with them or a different 
you know, it might be that I don't just arrange viewings with them straight away. I maybe just speak to them about different properties or this or that. So it's finding, I think it's like yourself, Caroline, that always says it's finding the solution around things, you know, um, just to make sure that you can keep moving forward with your journey and you're not um, those awkward, awkward scenarios or awkward um, initial things you have to do. They don't actually become blockers. Even to do that, you've got to be pretty resilient, though, right? Because you know how many people do we see that get that that, that start out, you know, with the best of intentions and with with, with a you know big goals, big vision to to invest in property, and yeah. and, they, and they drop out of the process, or you know they don't they don't make the kind of the kind of um, the gains or the progress that that they should should have been able to, because. You know, and it's nothing to do necessarily with the amount of money they had or the amount of deals that were available or the amount of time that they had. It, it just came down to the fact that they struggled to ride the roller coaster, you yeah. know, deal with the ups and downs. And I think emotional control is such an underestimated skill. You know, the temptation to take things personally, you know, when, yeah. when you get laughed at by an agent because you put in a really low offer or, you know, what, whatever it might be, you know, it's very tempting to, to take it personally. And you just see so many people sort of drop out and it's such a shame, but it's, it's, it's because they're not able to sort of ride those, those ups and downs. Or is it that their why just really isn't as big as they thought it was? Mm. Because there is, I was asked the yeah. question the other day, you know, what characteristics really stands out for you for being a successful investor? And I, the, the first one I, ha I said was about your ego, keeping your ego in check, being a student, being open to learning all the time, every day. You don't know it all. There's always going to be people bigger and better than you. So that was the first one. And then the second one was that solving, being able to solve problems. And if they're unable to solve problems or they're not asking for help to solve problems, maybe it's the fact that their drive, their goal wasn't as important to them than actually they said mm -hmm. it was. I think people do kind of say, I want to do this, 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 and this. But when it comes to the crunch, when it actually takes the effort and has uh, the challenges that we know it all you know, that it involves, then it's inevitable that the people who are not driven by a goal that is really personal to them will naturally fall away. And it's easy to have excuses as opposed to the, the solution. So it's, it's one of those chicken and egg things. Is, is it a mindset resilience thing or is it actually that their goal, their why isn't as big? You need, you know, the two combined together, plugged into each other. It's, totally. it's yeah, it's one like of my. You need to re revisit that all the time as well, because like you, you know, just checking in to see is everything still aligned. You know, are you still? Is that still what you're aiming for? Because I think those things can make the wheels fall off very quickly if you suddenly yeah. find yourself. Because it's not, it's not, you know, like we we say, like property is, is simple in theory. You can be taught that, but it's not easy. Like the actual process is not easy. So it's like yeah. you've got to be constantly checking in with yourself to say, right. Why am I, you know, why am I doing this? Is this a strong enough why? And I totally, totally agree. Like we, we have to do that all the time, you know, just check in and make sure that everything is still, you know, exactly as we're both. I mean, because I'm doing it with Gary, we're both aligned. We're both aiming for the same stuff. And it's just, you've got to have that. You've definitely got to have that. Yeah. Just that self-awareness is so important. And I think a lot of people lack that. They're so mm -hmm. concerned by looking on the outside about what they need, what they need, what they need, what they need. They don't actually look at what they want, which is yeah. 
very different to what they need, right? Yeah. Um, and then that that will just erode away any kind of positivity, any desire. It, it, you know, if it's not aligned, like you say, you can say I need three thousand pounds a month to 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 leave my job, but if actually what they really want is just a nicer house to live in and they need a lump sum of cash for that. Those two things are not working in conjunction with each other. So yeah. it's easier to just kind of follow and go, oh, that offer was rejected. Like, this is never going to happen. I'll, you know, I'll just carry on working and saving and then I'll get my bigger house. Totally. Uh, so, one, yeah. One of the things that I've, I've noticed uh, interviewing people for the podcast over the last few months has been, if there's been a common thread that runs through, obviously, you know, all very very successful people all very different all coming from very different backgrounds very different circumstances very different strategies but if there's a common thread it's a complete refusal to make excuses yeah just will not allow they won't even allow you to give them an excuse you know if you say to someone and say well yeah but it's been tough for you you know you've been raising a young family you've done a they won't have it you know they won't have it no yeah. no no that's that's not a reason you know that's not an excuse and I, you're right I think that probably comes from the strength of their resolve uh, which comes from the strength of, of their drive because at yeah. the end of the day bad things are going to happen right things are going to go wrong things aren't going to go to plan and it's not it's not that that defines whether or not you're going to be successful it's how you respond to it yeah you know there's a, there's a difference between reacting and responding isn't there reacting is like when uh you know, someone hits you, you know, when you do that reaction test and someone taps your knee and you've got that involuntary jerk of your leg, that, that's a reaction. That's a that's involuntary. It's taking things personally. It's emotional. That That's a reaction. A response is choice. Yeah. yeah. This has happened. I, I go into it expecting that not everything's going to be great. And this is how I choose to respond when that happens, because I'm on a mission. Yeah, you know, totally. because I will not. I've already kind of negotiated with myself. I won't allow that to derail me from what I want to achieve for me and my family and whatever it might be. Well, the thing that extends on from that is that they take absolute responsibility for everything that happens, both good and bad. They never blame say exactly that, Caroline. <laughs> so so on point. He's this. <laughs> or that happened and this happened and that I couldn't do it because of you know the the blame game is just it doesn't exist it yeah. just yeah. exists the blame game it's like what that is really really rubbish that's just happened to me there what what's it teaching me what is that why is why is that happened how could I have prevented it and how can I prevent it the next time and what is it what am I learning from it and again there's very few people that think like that yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like sometimes it's almost like an ego thing isn't it because I think when you when you're a when you're a child you don't really have that thing of not allowing yourself to be wrong whereas when you're an adult it's suddenly like you're like I, I won't admit I can't admit that it's me you know it's got to be all these other factors it's the government it's the market it's this it's that and it's like well actually you know if if you were really persevering like we we've all seen it you know we all do it it's like it's it's not any of those things because things will it's just it's like if you're doing if you're doing the actions if you're speaking to people if you're it's like those conversations things will happen so there's no denying it it's like it is exactly what it is yeah, yeah. maybe maybe you know failure and rejection maybe they're the, the wrong words maybe we need to be changing our vocabulary completely you know in the sense mm. that you know you, you we've all heard the phrase there's there's no there's no winners 
you know, uh, sorry, there's no losers, there's only lessons, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's there's wins and there's lessons. It's, it's one of yeah. the two things. So, you know, that that's, you know, when you see it that way, and it's difficult because sometimes I feel when you say that to somebody who's going through a tough time, it can sound a little bit patronising, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that because the, the failures or, or, or the challenges in property, you know, they can be expensive. They can be emotive that, you know, they can feel like you've taken a step away from where you're heading. But when you realize, I certainly when I look back on my property journey, you know, what we're doing now is a sum of all, not just the, the successes we've made, but all the mistakes we've made, yeah. you know, and the fact that, you know, you, you, you've you learned so much along the way and you, you know not to, to make those same mistakes again. And it just makes you stronger. It's like building up a, a, a suit of armor, isn't it? Yeah, I, I like the word disappointment. That's yeah. my <laughs> disappointment. Um, and what I've learned through my disappointments <laughs> is that a disappointment really does push you just and it just like nudges you onto a different path. And it, that path might not be clear to you right now, but it, it becomes clear further down the road. And then you look back and go, oh, that is much better than what I was wanting to do over there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about when my recruitment business failed in the 2008 recession. I mean, that was my biggest failure slash disappointment in my life up until that point. I hadn't lost anyone that I loved or anything. That's, that's even a, a bigger, uh, a topic, right. On how you come back from something like that. But in all honesty, if, if that recession hadn't have happened, I'd still be running that recruitment business, which was not mm. what I wanted. It's what I needed to make money. Yeah. yeah, and it made me happy in at all. But that business failing and going through pain actually nudged me on to something that I wanted, but didn't realize that I could do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's been a few things subsequently from from that that really, really like piss you off. That you're like, ah, and then you think, okay, hang on a minute, something is happening here that's nudging me to a different path that I'm not sure of right now. But I'm, sh- I, I trust, I trust the process. Yeah. I genuinely, I know we're talking sort of universe, maybe law of attraction stuff now. <laughs> you know, it can be a bit fluffy. I can't stand people that just say the money will come to me. No, it won't. You have yeah. to actually do some fairly yeah. decisions to get it. But yeah, I do exactly. think there is a sort of plan that just nudges you along. Um, and whenever there is a challenge, disappointment, failure, that, that there is a bigger, a bigger and better opportunity that you might not even be aware of just yet, waiting for you around the corner. Yeah. And it's having that, it's having that mixture of being able. It's, it's all the different factors, isn't it? Because you've got to basically be like, right, that was pretty crap, but I'm just going to keep going. Like, there's no option of going back. You're not, going, or you, you can, but you know where that's going to take you. Probably worse than where you are or right back to where you started so like you have to just keep pushing through and I think it's sometimes as well when you know especially when you speak to people who are maybe just starting out it's almost as though they're kind of in an odd way like because no one says this stuff's easy but they're not expecting the difficult stuff to come and then you're like well you're going to have a different difficult thing in like two weeks time and then there's going to be something else in a month's time and then in three months time and it's almost like you have to just accept that that's as long as you're pushing forward and as long as you're like changing and improving and doing things, you're always going to have that. And yeah. I think that's something you have to get used to. If this is the lifestyle you want, if you want to make your own choices and make your own path, you're going to have to get used to actually the fact that that's going to become part of your your journey is dealing with all these things on a kind of day-to-day, week-to-week basis and just yeah. growing through it. 
Yeah. I don't think it ever gets easier, right? I don't think it ever is. Oh, I'm now in Nirvana. It is now all easy for me because I've been doing it a long time. It's like, no, you're just more equipped. Like you say, Mark, you've got your armor. You're more equipped to deal with it and you're just like batting it uh, away. Whereas when you first start, you're like, ah, this is like really hard. Whereas now it's like, okay, we've done that before. Solicitors are taking too long. Surveyors don't value it. It's okay. That's just norm, right? It's part of the game. You just get used to it. It is um, normal, and, it, and, it, and and you learn to take you learn to take elements of that in your stride. That doesn't mean it's not disappointing. It doesn't mean it's not frustrating. But you know, if you if you're if you're active and you're and you're pushing through, then it's a bit like you know, hot topic for everybody right now. It's a bit like the flu jab, right? How, mm. how does the flu jab work? It gives you a little bit of the flu to give you an immune response to it. It's the yeah. same thing. If you're putting yourself in those situations often enough, as painful as it might be, certainly early on, you learn to just sort of take it, you know, in your stride because you've actually become immune to it to an extent. You know, you've yeah. built up your, your, your immunity, you built up your resilience to it. And I think for me, Michelle, you hit the nail on the head and it sounds harsh. But if you're if your why, if your driver is strong, what choice do you have? Yeah. 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 What choice do you have? You move on or you stand still. And if you stand still, it's like an aeroplane. It will just fall out of the air. You know, you, you've got to keep pushing forwards. And yeah, if right. you can do that and, and if you can um, ride that roller coaster and just keep pushing forwards, then you do build up your resilience as, as you move through. Yeah. And I do, I do think that uh, people who are working in their jobs, getting their regular paycheck and doing property on the side, they are the most vulnerable because mm. they comfort and security of that paycheck coming in no matter how much they dislike that job that comfort of that paycheck coming in means that they don't really really need to create more money over here unless there's something else another dynamic going on um, and it's interesting whenever we get students to the point where they are financially secure they now can leave their jobs lots of them need to be pushed to do it they don't have <laughs> the safety net of that paycheck is like oh i can't i can't let go of it and in in some stages in some cases i i love students who aren't in a job don't have a paycheck they are like do or die like they 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 want to do it there's like no turning back it's like burn the boats you're not going back total security blanket isn't it and i think it is like it's bringing your especially if you've done anything that's like remotely corporate it's bringing yourself out of that conditioning of just like this is what you do for a living you work nine to five you do this monday to friday and it's like probably for some people it's also the fear of being like right now i've got to do my own stuff like what do you mean someone's not going to be bossing me about all week (laughs) you know it's like (laughs) it's like making that jump into taking proper responsibility for everything (laughs) It's also other people's mindsets around you, right? So if you're mm-hmm. surrounded by people who are uncomfortable with what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do, that has, I mean, you might, no matter how resilient you are, that does have an effect on you. It does just chip, 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 chip away at mm-hmm. you. Uh, the only way to protect yourself is just not tell them what you're doing, frankly, um, because they're never going to get it. Um, I, you know, my mom, she struggled with the fact that when she met her friends that she might have not have seen for a while, then they were to say, oh, you know, how's Caroline? What's she doing now? My mom didn't have a response. There was no label. You know, with my brother, well, he's a lawyer. He's in London. That's easy to manage. Whereas 
what do I tell them about you? (laughs) (laughs) You know, society does put that pressure on people to have a label that can be pigeonholed. Well, you're in your, your banker working in the corporate land. Great. You're an engineer. You know, what do you call yourself? I said, I'll just tell them I collect houses. Oh, I can't say that. (laughs) so like rejection from your own mum you've got to get used to it exactly if no one around you gets it then you know I think and again your mindset is one element of it but the people around you that network of people you spend your time with which is why you know PWS exists is we've all come together so that we can all keep ourselves motivated and moving forward yeah Um, it's 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 really important right so if we if we if we bring this to life for people then right because you you raised a good point there so let's say people have bought the ticket into um they've adopted that identity i'm i'm a property investor that's what i'm calling myself i'm a property investor but i can't get my first deal across the line we all know the market's tough at the moment i'm putting these offers out i'm following the formula but they're getting rejected i'm getting laughed at i'm literally getting agents agents are cocky right now right with the market the rate is and they're totally dismissive of anything that's not asking price or above in a lot of cases because they've got 20 30 plus people viewing every property so how what what are we saying to people what advice do we have when those offers are getting rejected and on the flip side, we talk about making excuses. You know, we can rewind the clock two years, three years before COVID was even even a thing. We were having the same conversations, right? Mm-hmm. You know, still a numbers game. We're still going to get, we've still got to go for no because we're going to get a lot of offers rejected. So, yeah, the yeah. market's tough, but also it's still the same process and we've still got to have the same resilience so how should people out there be responding when their their lower offers at the moment are getting rejected how do we respond to that well the first thing is nothing stays the same ever right mm-hmm. so if you're going through a tough time then that is a short period of time that you have to to deal with that on and conversely when things are going really well that's not going to last either so okay. whatever stage you're going through it's never it's not going to stay so yeah. Easy market, difficult market, actually all of that is irrelevant. It's that compound effect of your actions. I mean, I just had a student text me this morning and he's put 50 offers out and had one accepted. And he's like got the crying emoji. And I'm like, dude, that's one, that's one success. (laughs) That's what is one success. It's all just part of the game. That compound effect when things change and it will change means that you are in the game absolutely front and center to capitalize on all that good work that you've done when things are difficult yeah yeah it's also about taking the emotion out of it right you know it mm-hmm. only feels like a failure it only feels like a rejection if you've got your emotions tied into that that, that, mm-hmm. that deal so the fact that um that student had 50 offers out there i mean how much does that change the negotiation you know between hanging on the phone because you've got one offer out on on one property and and the, you know you, you, it only rings once before you answer it when the agent calls you and versus i've got i've got 20 offers out there at the moment or 30 offers out there the agent calls and it said oh, sorry can i just hold on one second can you give me the postcode please because i, I don't I've got lots of offers out. I don't actually know which property you're calling about. That totally changes it. And that takes the the emotion out of it. And, you know, I, I've got students who, you know, uh, you know, 
rightfully really excited. Oh, you know, we've had we've had an offer accepted. Fantastic. How many properties are you viewing next weekend? Mm. Yeah. 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 You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's brilliant. Fantastic. Let's put that into another lane. Yeah. But now let let's we've got to be because otherwise you just invest everything into yeah, it. And, and if you get if you bring your emotions into it, that's when you're 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 on a hiding to nothing, aren't you? Yeah. I think as well, some people don't realise the level of effort you've got to put in. You know, I mean, certainly before we did any training, the thought of putting a single offer in our property, we thought we were just going to like get it accepted and then that was it. And yeah. you're like, I can't put an offer in because what if it, what if it gets accepted? And then it's like, you don't realise like your volume has to be there and you have to be yeah. like nurtured in that all the time, you know, so making sure you're checking in and it's just making sure that you actually... um you're you know you you understand what your kpis are you've got stuff that's set so that you actually know am i actually performing is there a deal that's going to come because it is a numbers game or have i only viewed five properties and i'm wondering why i've not had something accepted you know it's like trying to set expectations and make sure you know exactly what it is you need to be doing to get that offer <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah numbers game they're and they're not, not yeah. you know when they reject their offer they're not rejecting you you know, exactly. it's not about taking it personally. It's, you know, and, and there are ways of putting offers in, you know, where you can you can sort of frame it in a way where you manage expectations with with the agent, the seller. And, and there are ways that we can do that. But the bottom line is when they reject your offer, they're not rejecting you. And, you know, like, like you said, Caroline, you know, things change. The market changes. The same agents that are laughing at us sometimes now will be crying <laughs> out for our call. In, in a few months time and uh, you know when things go back around so it is about that consistency and just it's, it's we used to have a phrase in sport bounce back ability yeah you mm -hmm. know that it's such an important skill you've got to be like a bouncy ball you've just got totally. to keep bouncing back coming back coming back give yourself whatever you need 10 minutes to go and scream at the wall or throw something around or whatever it might be and then right that's that that's me done now what what's next yeah with the enthusiasm as well because it's almost like you know that's exactly it like I remember there was a point where I think the agents were getting so annoyed with me because every time I phoned them I'd be like equally as cheery as last time even though they're totally rejecting me all the time and they're almost like why do you keep phoning but like they're <laughs> going to get to know you you're building rapport and then when something falls through or if something happens or if you're following up you're that person that they know it's oh there she is again like like I better give her a call because I know this is the kind of thing she's looking for you know it's like you need to get almost get yourself that reputation but yeah. do it in the nicest possible way because like you say Mark it's not remotely personal but at least if you become memorable because you're that person that's always there always following up then that's exactly what you're going for yeah. <laughs> keep going for that rejection yeah. <laughs> think if people focus on the acceptance all the time mm. you know there's a way of getting an offer accepted but it doesn't mean that it's a deal it doesn't mean it's yeah. going to work yeah, for you totally. so your choice is be rejected where it would work for you or get accepted when it wouldn't work for you so which one would you rather have exactly yeah. right so you, can, you know if you can explain the reason why you're doing something you know if you're if you're you know polite about the situation and you just tell them exactly as it is you're not really offending anyone you're just saying this is what I'm doing you know this yeah. is what works for me take it or leave it no one's going to accept anything unless it works for them so you're like that's okay just take it to yeah them. if it's a rejection I'll put it on my list and I'll follow up next time, remember, <laughs> time yeah one of the first agents I worked with I basically saw a, a blank desk uh, in her office 
as I was talking to her about, you know, the types of properties that I want. And we'd been, we'd done a few um, viewings with her. We'd done a few deals with her. And then each time I went through, I said, I'll just take my desk. And I basically just commandeered the desk. <laughs> I basically moved myself into her office so that you know, <laughs> I am the first person she is thinking about whenever there's properties that are smelly hanging around. I'm like, here's my desk. I'll just take, I'll just take a <laughs> And basically played a character, if you like. Totally. Michelle's saying that she played the character of Cheedy, you know, and, and I was the daft lassie, like, oh, you know, you know what I like, oh, you know what I'm like, you know, but it was all a good <laughs> plan, right? Like, totally. me again. <laughs> I, I, I think that's it. half the battle, though, isn't it? It's knowing how to just deal with that because it's like the number of people that would get so upset that I've seen get so upset because there's a, you know, an agent that's maybe not particularly warm or whatever it might be but it's like you've got to take and especially at the moment you know when they're doing goodness knows how many viewings for one property because all this craziness you've got to just be like well that's their that's their thing and you just need to do your thing and then it's like be polite be respectful just find that middle ground where you can actually build that relationship and just just be there yeah i think, I think one of the things that i feel i've gained personally from my involvement in property from the education that I had and from all of the experience we've had from that point is not anything to do with income or wealth or, or anything along those lines I genuinely feel that I have in my core if you like uh, um, a confidence a, mm. a resolute belief that I will be able to solve problems yeah. yeah. You know, because you had so you've had so many examples of that and so many case studies of that. So getting into more advanced deals or getting into a deal and thinking, how on earth am I going to raise that the money for it? That doesn't even it's not yeah. even a factor in the decision making anymore because you just yeah. know that, you know, through exposing ourselves to these hurdles consistently and and learning and taking advice from people and working with mentors and everything else we've developed the skills that you go I will be able to I will be able yeah. to solve the problem we, my wife yeah. and I have an expression right let's work the problem work the problem you know whatever it is we'll find a solution to it there's an old fable story it's the one about the uh, the two the two mice that get dropped into a jug of uh, jug of milk yes and, and one of them very quickly sort of just you know, capitulates and drowns. And the other one basically scrabbles so fast that it churns the milk into cream and climbs out. Yeah. And we had, we, we had a deal recently. It, it was exactly like that. We had a deal fall through. It was a big deal for us. It, 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 was, it was going to be one of our biggest deals to date. So reflecting on that, we probably had an unhealthy amount of emotion invested mm. in that particular deal. And it fell through and it fell through due to factors completely out of our control. You know, the um, the sellers, you know, were a little bit underhanded and, and, and we ended up having to what exactly what you said, though, Caroline, we had to walk away because it, it reached the point where it was no longer a deal for us. We, yeah. we could have we could have just gone that extra mile and said, well, all right, all right, we'll put a bit more money in, we'll put, but it wouldn't have worked. So we had to walk away from it. But, you know, I, I again, I gave myself that that 10 minutes or that 20 minutes to walk around under a black cloud and feel sorry for myself and do whatever I needed to do. And then I was on right move. I was on, I was on the phone to agents and lo and behold, a week later, we've got a bigger deal, a better deal, a better price in a better area because of the action that, that, that 
was my knee jerk to do to fight my way out of that that slump was to go right yeah. come on let's get back on it bang 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 and you end up with something better off the back of it replace it every, yeah every disappointment something better comes along I, I've just seen so much evidence of it over and over and over again you've just given another example there it just it's incredible there's just there's a plan there was a reason that you were not to get that one and a reason why you were to get the the bigger better one yeah it's just you know it's like men right you're with a boyfriend you break your heart you're devastated a much better bloke comes along then then you end up with nick it's, it's when you decide, I'm not interested in anyone. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> it works with properties. It works with pairs of shoes. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think we've kind of, um, we've kind of come full circle in a nice way there, haven't we? I, I think, you know, the understanding that, um, disappointments to use your description Caroline disappointments are par for the course not only are they par for the course but you know you could look at that as a sign that actually I'm doing something with my life that I'm taking myself out of my comfort zone you know I'm putting myself in situations that might be unfamiliar but I'm growing as a result of that and the fact that you know my attitude to those setbacks and to those hurdles is um, one of, you know, what can I learn from it? How am I going to take this forward? How is this going to make me a stronger, wiser, more resilient investor in the future? You know, I think, you know, when you frame it like that, it gives you the confidence to just plow on because, you know, I, I don't want to say you, inv- obviously we don't go into this inviting failure, but you're not, you're not scared of it. You know, it's okay. not, it's not uh, it's not something that's derailing you or taking you off. But it, again, it comes down to choice, right? Are you going to let it derail you? Are you going to let it um, take you off course? Or, or are you saying, no, the, my only way is forwards towards my strong vision, my strong drive. And therefore, my only choice really is to take what I can from it, take the learnings, move on. Definitely. Absolutely. I love yeah. it. It's just reframing it all in your mind. But there's we can go so further with this, yeah. right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and this is just one aspect of, of mindset, isn't it? And it, it just it was a no-brainer in my mind for us to tackle this one first because you know it is a tough market out there if you're looking to invest and you're and, and you're looking to you know, it, particularly if you're looking to sort of start out at that kind of buy to let level, it, it is a competitive market out there. And, you know, it's it's about having a healthy attitude towards failure and rejection yeah. that allows you to build and grow. But, you know, I think as we go through and, and, and we um, we pull more of this content together, you know, it's it's just such a vast area, isn't it? And there's so much of your success as an investor that will come down to your attitude as yeah. opposed to, the, the things you've got going for you, luck, market conditions, etc. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Great. I love this stuff. I love the psychology. <laughs> why people do the things that they do or why they don't do what they they, they should do. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, bo- bottle that up. Well, and, uh, and, and then the next time we'll uh, we'll get back on. <laughs> Keep it for great, great to speak so to you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Caroline. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Investing in property is not easy, but with the right mindset and a whole lot of hard work, it can change your life and you can use property as a vehicle to create a financial legacy for your family. 
What challenges are you finding in your own property journey? Why not head over to the Property Wealth System community page on Facebook and let us know what content you'd like us to cover in future episodes. You can also engage with a whole host of other like-minded investors for support and education. Last but not least, please like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast fix. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you.